Today's episode of the Not That Great Podcast can be found where you find podcasts. You've already found it. Have you have you liked us on Facebook yet? Have you have you followed us on Instagram? At Not That Great on Facebook, at Not That Great Pod on Instagram. Have you done that? Have you left us a five star review? You gotta do that stuff. Leave those reviews. Subscribe and like. Leave those reviews on um, Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. I don't think that's a thing anymore, but wherever you find podcasts, like and subscribe. You get episodes first. You get a nice notification. Hey, a bunch of fat kids are talking about sports again. Now you get to listen to it for like an hour. So we kill a little bit of time in your week. All right. So do that for us. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Super Bowl was last night. Very Super Bowl things happened, I guess. Tom Brady with his seventh. And uh, we broke it down. Not we. I wasn't there. But it was uh, Ben Perlman, Alex Brown, Logan Eater. They uh, yappy yap yap about um, who should really be the MVP of the game. I would agree um, with the assessment that is initially proposed that um, Shaq Barrett has a legitimate gripe having not been, I don't know, I don't think they release voting numbers for MVP, but it probably wasn't close. And you know, Something like this, it's it's going to Brady. We all know that. Um, so you talk about that and everything else game-related. Listen uh, close up front at the very beginning to hear a life hack about uh, guacamole uh, that Logan subscribes to, even though he hasn't tried it yet. And uh, sit back, relax. Football season's over. Uh, we got some stuff in the pipeline, hopefully, coming up. A very large project me and Al Brown have discussed. I won't let the cat out of the bag yet. Um, and it might not be something that <laughs> you would be interested in if you're sports fans. Um, let's just say it's not a sports-related project. We'll leave it at that. Um, but more to come, even in this. You know, now we're focused on basketball. Football's over. Um, I'm not nervous, but I'm waiting for this Wentz trade. From my Eagles because I want him to go. I don't care where he goes. The most ridiculous rumor right now is the once for Foles, basically not straight up, but a couple other players in there. Um, Philly's got to get that money worth because they're they're over. That contract was too huge to begin with. And I don't know who um, or what um, made the Eagles sign that kind of money over to him, um, but you know it's what happens sometimes. So. That's what happened, and hopefully we can get out from under that. Um, it, it's a, it's a couple years away for them, though. So you know we're just we're ready to sit in this pattern of terribleness, as Philadelphia sports fans are usually accustomed to, and uh, get out of Super Bowl in you know twenty thirty years. So we're fine with that. So Al Brown, Logan Nieder, and Ben Perlman. That's now Moose Desi in the house. And uh, we're going to dedicate this episode to uh, Ralph Taylor. So may he rest in peace. Make it a double, I can Take it another, get so hard to chase it Live up to, yeah, it slides away when You're running like my Uncle David Who never lived to escape it The trouble you were about to cave in Give up to talking in your basement. We decided. Remember that time then, in the middle.
middle of the night, yeah. You woke up screaming. No, it, there's lime juice in it. <laughs> no, like more than you think you need. Too late now. I'll remember that for next time. I actually saw there was like a life hack uh, that I saw the other day where you can put, you actually just like flatten it out as much as you can in the bowl and then put water on top of it. Like, like an inch of water. And then when you want to use it, you dump it out. And it's perfectly still green. I was like, that can't be real. I haven't tried it yet. Well, that was guacamole hacks with Logan. (laughs) 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 Welcome to another edition of the Not That Great Podcast. I'm Al Brown, joined by Logan and Ben. Happy Tom Brady Day, guys. Oh, it's a joyous day. Seriously. So Tom Brady has won his seventh Super Bowl. He is now 34 and 11 in the playoffs. Um, I had in our previous episode predicted that we were, it was going to be 32 to 28. Now I was only one point off with my buck score prediction, but I was roughly 20 points off with my Kansas city scoring. Um, what are your immediate takeaways? Logan, we'll go to you first. Um, Kansas city absolutely shot themselves in the foot all game. There was like, obviously credit where credit is due. The bucks played their asses off and they Mm -hmm. absolutely killed it. But that being said, I'm, I'm not convinced that the team wasn't distracted by other events that had led up to the super bowl. Yep. Yep. I'm not, I'm not convinced that, and he can say it as much as, as much as he wants that Mahomes was not bothered by the turf toe, but um, I mean, he was obviously scrambling and running around and that. uh... Yeah. But to your point about them shooting themselves in the foot, I mean, the chiefs were flagged a record eight times in the first half for 95 yards. And some of those real, real tic tacs. Yeah. Yeah. And those penalties were, detrimental to their game like oh, i a, mean yeah when you have a record setting amount of penalties in any half, right that's definitely that's going to affect um now a lot of uh especially you know the arrowhead pride people um are really salty about some some of the officiating ben do you think it was poorly officiated um, as a better Packers fan from two weeks ago, yes, it was poorly officiated. <laughs> so, um, but but then again, one one or two calls can't be the reason that a team won or lost. And clearly, those calls were not the full reason the Chiefs literally got their asses fully kicked up and down the field yesterday. Um, you know, my biggest takeaway is I would call this as not a Brady fan um, his most impressive Super Bowl. And take age away from it. Number one, the team was fully dominating it reminds me of the 80 super bowls with such lopsided victories mm. and two you're i mean this is a new team a new head coach a new system new everything and that to me is you know super bowl winners in the past have had longevity with their coach their offensive coordinator the team around them to just go into a new system especially in a pandemic and win a super bowl is, is the most impressive thing about this yeah yeah and one of one of the things that i noticed is that um, the, it was really won and lost because of the offensive lines. Um, Kansas city was just so banged up. And I think that, that has more to, line. 
And that has more to do with their loss and their play than, you know, anyone going to Mons Venus or a, a fateful car accident a couple weeks ago. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is certainly, I mean, obviously anytime there's some sort of tragic event, that's, you know, that's going to affect some, some people in some way, but I mean, really for the most part, it was, I think it was a, a offensive line play. Um, like they had had, one of their starting offensive linemen, um, Duvenet Tardif, uh, opt out of the season in period. He'd never mm-hmm. played this year. Um, you had Eric Fisher uh, rupture his Achilles. And then there was like one of their centers that they had benched earlier in the season because he was playing bad and they had to bring him back in. It was it was just crazy. Um, but the Bucks offensive line, I mean, basically put on a clinic. I mean, they were able to run the ball so effectively it was it was a little bit like a boxing attack like they're just like working working a jab and then just setting it up um and playoff lenny and ronald jones looked absolutely fantastic that's yeah really solid backfield i mean you've got two two pro pro bowl caliber running backs so yeah that's gonna that's gonna hurt yeah also also going against obviously i i think that the the tampa bay offensive line was able to they were able to expose the Kansas City defensive line so much mm. because and and we all knew we all knew that Kansas City's rush defense was not the best yep throughout the season we all knew that absolutely but they were able to somehow mask that in a lot of games and i i think it had a lot to do with their I don't even know how what what could attribute to it because like throughout the games, you know, you're seeing these the t- the defensive front of them, and they were actually getting to the quarterback, yeah, decently, yeah. yeah, and and somehow stopping the run in a lot of those games. But then you look at the yardage that they gave up in those really bad games; <laughs> it's abysmal. Mm-hmm. And they mean, you know, I think it was somewhat overstated that. Because a lot of people going in were just like, what? well, yeah, the offensive line is banged up. But, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He's just going to get it done. And that was that was clearly not the case. And I really – I got to do a tip of the cap to Todd Bowles because I think he may have just gotten himself another head coaching job with that, that performance because I thought he called it perfectly. Um, and, and, and I will say this, I mean, turf, his turf toe was definitely a problem and nagging, but still some of those darts that he threw laying out flat or like running yeah, that side weird, on it are still unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like he threw that ball. He was completely horizontal to the ground. Like that didn't even look, that was so bizarre and crazy. And, um, the arm strength is just, I mean, a marvel. I mean, that's, yeah, he's just, a, he's, he's, a he's like a superhuman. He really is. Um, so I, I kind of, there were just like some notes that I took during this. Um, and we, <laughs> this is a little bit different from the game, but there were just certain things watching the game where I was like, wait a minute, what the hell is going on right now? So Jim Nance's weird anecdote about Brady. Do you, do, do you guys remember this one? He's talking about when Brady first arrived at the field. Do you guys remember that? No. no. So it it was just this really it sounded like he was going to start talking about like this like waxing poetic about the greatness of Tom Brady and then he just like super petered out it was like 
Yeah, he was the first on the field. Didn't go to the locker room. Just gazing out onto the field. Just looking around. <laughs> just like oh, Peter yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was like, what the fuck yeah. are you talking about, Jim? And Tony was like, were you gazing at him while he was gazing at the field? It was, was just, that was definitely a space feller. There was no other, no other reason. Yeah, that was. They were definitely, they were definitely doing some sort of filibustering or something there because I was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Um, but yeah, so Shaq Barrett, you were you were saying that he was getting, uh, he got screwed out of the MVP before we we hit record. Did you have any more you wanted to elaborate on that, Ben? Because uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think we talked about the the Kansas City defensive line. I mean. I think the Tampa Bay defensive line deserved its due last night. I mean, Brady did what he does in a game, but I don't think he had the yardage or the sort of overall game that warrants an MVP and, and Shaq Barrett just being a total disruptor in the backfield. Um, from my mind, was the clear MVP. Yeah, no, I agree. Like he, he was getting to Pat early. It was like right out of the gates. He was, he was, you know, creating havoc and getting through that line. It was awesome. Um, yeah, Todd Bowles just did a, an incredible job. The way he used safeties um, to shut down two of the greatest offensive weapons we've ever seen in Hill and Kelsey. Like, See, I, that think, was... I think that is more – I think <laughs> if there was a way for them to officially give MVP to anyone, it should be Todd Bowles because yeah, the, I know. Way, the way that he – masked what those what those coverages were going to be and then there were some there were some plays that he was sending the cornerbacks on the edge like yeah and and what do you do with that and they showed they showed a bunch of those replays where like the the linebackers were looping around the offensive line when there was a uh, just a clusterfuck in the middle of it and you have you know, white or uh, David going around the backside to shut Mahomes. David had a great down. game too. It, 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 everyone on that defense did their job yep. and executed so, I mean, perfectly. Going back to, to solidify my bear argument. I mean, I think when you get that much pressure from three or four up front, I mean, you can have those linebackers chip down and, and double cover. You can have those, those safeties do what they need to do and you have the time to do it. So, um, or the lack of time on the, on Mahomes' part, so mm-hmm. that, I think the defensive line was was definitely by and far the, the best performance I saw on the field. Oh, 100. It was it was really defensively impressive. It almost seemed. Now I don't know if you guys felt this way at all, but it almost seemed like the Bucks were taking kind of the same approach that the Patriots did when they played the Rams. I mean, albeit they scored much easier, but the defense for that Rams team was far and away much better um than what kansas city brought out there but it did kind of have the same vibe to it you know rushing the football um setting up play action and some of the other kind of things but you know they kind of didn't even need to do some of the byron leftwich tricky shit like they really just needed to run and do play action and they probably still would have had just as much success they probably would have had more points had they strictly stayed to that Kansas city could not stop 
Leonard but Fournette, in, or Ronald in, Jones. Inexplicably, except for that weird, like, fourth and in inches at the goal line. Right, right. And, and obviously... And I don't even know why Tampa Bay challenged that, because he very obviously did not get in. Get in. That was I thought that was a little puzzling. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, goal line defense is very, very different than throughout the rest of the field. True. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. In, the, in the game of momentum, I think like that goal line stance could have really turned things around for Kansas City. Um, but they really never got the momentum fully going in their direction. No. And they had moments where mm-hmm. you were like, uh oh, here, here they come. Here's the, you know, the big red machine coming back. You know, there was a, there was a, that 40 yard kick return mm-hmm. um, that just led to absolutely nothing. And then you started to, there was a couple of drives where Kelsey caught like a couple of consecutive passes and you're like, Oh, here it comes. And then each time it was just like bucks going. Nope. <laughs> I, yeah. And I think, I think throughout the entire game, we were all waiting for that moment that Tyreek Hill somehow managed to get behind the secondary and it just never happened. Yeah. Never happened. Yep. And, it and never I think happened. that's, and that's all due to Todd Bowles playing the game that he did. Mm. Another interesting thing, um, or just kind of, uh, you know, not really so much part of the game, but why the fuck did Bruce Arians look like he had a bomb strapped to his chest and he was about to rob a bank? <laughs> what? What was that? He's trying to look like, like Andy Reid. So doesn't yeah. he always doesn't he always have the the mic pack on his chest. I've, I yeah, just, yeah. I've never seen that before. I don't yeah, think, or he, I just have never always, noticed that he always yeah. rocks it that way. Yep. It's a brilliant look. <laughs> 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 Cause I was looking at, it, I was like, is he, is there a hostage situation? What is happening, Bruce? <laughs> where's, where's the trigger? Where's the detonator? Yep. Um, and then another takeaway that I had, or, you know, in my notes that during it, I was like, so wait a minute. The Equalizer is a TV show now? And uh, Queen yeah. Latifah is the Equalizer? Well, the Equalizer, to be fair, was originally a TV show with uh, the British actor I can't remember now. I used to watch with my old man as a kid. So I definitely have some fondness for this. And then they came out with the Denzel movie. And now they're rebooting it with, with Queen Latifah, which I, if they didn't mention or show it to me about every five seconds, I you know, was shocked that that was that much time and money spent promoting that show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had no idea it was originally a, a was it, it was a BBC series or something. Uh, I want to say it was on NBC back in like 85, late eighties, like showing my age a little huh. bit. I'll IMDb it. You guys bring up another huh. subject. Equalizer. I did not know that, but it was just so weird. That was just such a like, and why is Queen Latif? I don't know. I don't know. That was just <laughs> very, very odd. Yeah, um, uh, Robert McCall, 1985 to 1989. No shit. Yeah. Huh. I, I only knew of it in context of, um, of Denzel, but neat. Um, <laughs> so Brady to Gronk, they get their 13th and 14th postseason touchdowns. Um, I mean, that's like the most... It, it quite literally is the most epic postseason tandem ever. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of like, were you guys surprised that Gronk 
was utilized so much in the offense because he had, he had basically been a blocker the entire season. I think that going into the game, they knew that they had Tom Brady trusts who he trusts. And I think that over the last few games, not to say he wasn't used, but Chris Godwin was not uh, reliable over the last couple games. He didn't, he didn't, uh, uh, not so much in the Saints game. He was pretty reliable in that game. But in the Green Bay game, he had a couple drops that were pretty big. And uh, obviously, Kansas City's defense was focusing mainly on Mike Evans. And um, I was actually really surprised that we didn't see Scotty Miller utilized a little bit more because he's as quick as he is. Yeah. Um, but going into it, I knew I knew the tight ends. Brady loves the tight ends, whether it's Cameron Brate, whether it's Gronk, whether it's the, the he even threw to the the backup. Um, can't remember his name. But he, you know, just barely overthrew him in the end zone. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the tight ends had more targets between them than Evans, Brown, and Godwin combined. Exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. So it, it's it's just something I think that that was that was part of their game plan going in. That they were going to that they were going to utilize him in utilize, the game room utilize the tight ends generally speaking but then it just became Gronk was that yeah he was reliable as hell I thought it was kind of funny after the 13th touchdown when they went to the commercial break they were playing the uh the bad boys for life (laughs) track that Brady always plays (laughs) yeah that was that was pretty sweet I want to get your guys opinion on this I I sort of noticed it during the game and, and definitely definitely at the end Home field advantage? You feel that was part of it? You feel like the crowd was up there for Tampa Bay? Logan, go for it. I I don't know because there were there were definitely there was one moment in particular that stuck out in my head when um, I don't know if there, it was actually the play clock that didn't get reset the way it was supposed to, but. Um, when Mahomes ended up having to use a timeout, but he was, you know, making his case to the ref. And it was so loud in that moment. I mean, they were, they were, I don't know if they were in the red zone, but they were close. And um, I think that that one in particular, just on that one play was enough, but I don't think that, I don't think there was really any, any sort of major advantage that Tampa Bay gained from it, but maybe a little bit. Yeah, I like I just feel pretty much this entire season home field advantage has just been nullified. And I mean, you see the same thing happening in basketball too. Like even though there's yes, there were people in attendance as opposed to like earlier in the season where there was just empty, you know, empty arenas. It just it it's it was very I I mean, I guess muted is the best best way I can describe it because there was just never, you never had that same kind of electricity at, at any point in any of these places. So I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess you can make the argument that they were the, the bucks were more comfortable because they were just leaving their house and going to their, you know, their work place of business or whatever, instead of, instead of being in a hotel. But I mean, these guys are pros. So I feel like that that's really just kind of, minimal effect yeah yeah 
it's, uh, it's I, nothing it's nothing that they haven't done before you know eight times already this season no it's definitely not an excuse i just felt like a couple of times the crowd noise cheering wise where the super bowls passed you kind of just it doesn't go one way or the other and this one was definitely you know vocal for for tampa bay but yeah I mean, if it had been if it had been a traditional Super Bowl and we were at like full capacity, it it absolutely would have made a difference, I think. But and maybe it was just actually seeing a game with fans in the stands, which probably shocking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is now like the weird thing. Oh my God, there's so many people. I hope they're all wearing masks. (laughs) Nope, everybody's got fucking sanitizer. And the partying afterwards. I mean, that's going to be. We'll wait for yeah. that result to come out, but Florida's a successful anyway. So. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it that, that's that's a topic for another time. I don't know if we can get into the full Florida fucking insanity. Well, um, given given uh, Brady's announcement after the game of, of coming back, we want to talk about twenty twenty one season. Yeah, I mean, so it's crazy, like. Mahomes was going for the back-to-back Super Bowl. Um, Which ironically hasn't been done since the 0304 Patriots. Since Tom Brady was the last to do it. Um, Do you, do you think it's at all possible that he does it again? Yeah. I mean, it's possible. Anything's possible. And we we just showed it is clearly. I just, I think it's, I think it's even more possible. Just if you look at the rest of the NFC teams, who who scares you in the playoffs that might beat Tampa Bay? You have possibly Green Bay if they can get their shit together. New defensive this, coordinator will help. What's that? New defensive coordinator will help. Absolutely. Um, the Saints are losing Drew Brees. And who else is there in the in the NFC that can well, beat you? <clears throat> well, the Rams just yeah. got a huge upgrade at quarterback. Um, and and we'll see already, how that we'll, we'll see, see how, how that, that works. works. Yeah, yeah, that's not it's not a given that Stafford's just going to absolutely light it up, but I I don't I don't foresee him I would be shocked if he doesn't play really well um, because McVay is such an offensive guy and they're already got weapons in place that he can just kind of plug in. Um, And that defense is one of the best I've ever seen. Um, Seahawks are still, you know, you got Russell Wilson and he's going to be, you know, in the top three or four MVP voting every year. Um, And 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 also the San Francisco 49ers. I wouldn't count it. If they can find somebody better at the quarterback position, I mean, their skill positions are still going to be great. Yeah. And that's, they were just, I mean, that was the team that just got totally decimated. Um, oh, they I got, mean, they I, got decimated like the, early on. It was, if it was the first game of the season against the Jets, they lost like their entire defensive starters. It was insane. I think it was like 13 of their defensive players ended up going down in the first couple of weeks. It was I like San Francisco season was over <laughs> as soon yeah. as it started. Yep. And that, that team is obviously good enough um, to make it to a Super Bowl even with subpar quarterback play. Um, but, but they're playing in the same division as Seattle and LA. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so one of them will be bad at tested come playoff time. Right, exactly. 
So, but so I guess my point is only only two of those teams really realistically is going to make it into the playoffs: Seattle, San Francisco, and LA Rams. And then you go into okay, NFC North. You've got Green Bay and Vikings should be better. Vikings should be better. Maybe Chicago. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That's like that's like a they got to get real better. It's not 1985 anymore. No, yeah. no. But they did. They also they also lost quite a bit of uh, players right at the beginning. They lost um, Cohen right at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but more so, NFC South. You have nobody to compete against you, really, as of right now. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think it'll be this year, but it'd be interesting to see what the Falcons do and when they move on from Ryan and, and whoever else they have there. I mean, and I the salary, be, the salary cap they have to get rid of. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks looking for jobs. Ugh. And then the NFC East doesn't scare me. So. Oh, you, you mean that <laughs> the dumpster fire of the NFL, the NFC East? yeah nobody's nobody's scared of them so but i will say you know the uh the washington football team has a ton of upside right now like that defense is loaded and they are young and they could potentially be really really good in the next like two seasons i think i think because chase young is just i mean that dude is a freaking superhero he really is just they will absolutely win their division you know barring injuries like they have the best team in that division yeah but as of, as of right now as of right now they don't have a, a put together offense they can't yeah. score points no, no 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 they don't they need they need a lot of a lot of work but i mean if you're starting with a foundation of incredible defense that can get to the quarterback very quickly that's that's a good starting point Oh, yeah. um, so I, I think, I think Washington has a, has a brighter future, um, but you know, they're Washington, so they'll probably fuck yeah. it up. And you, well, you, <laughs> only need, you, you only need eight games to win the division anyways. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah fair enough. Exactly. Fair enough. Um, so, so one I of the things, yeah, go for it. I was just going to just recap. I think that there's no team really that scares me to not put Tampa Bay back in the Super Bowl next year other than maybe green Bay, but they have some shit that they have to figure out. Hmm. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're working on it. So basically, so basically if you were doing like uh bucks versus the field to make it to the super bowl again, you, you'd take the bucks. I would too. I mean, it, that's smart. I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't, I don't see anybody else really putting it together. Like they, they had one year, not even, they had half of an off season together because of COVID. Like yep. they, they didn't really have that much time to put things together and mm-hmm. look at how quickly that melded together. They still had some, they still had some, you know, miscues in the playoffs and they, they had plays that were, you know, somebody's running the wrong route or whatever, but mm-hmm. it, they just won the Super Bowl. And they had yeah. that much time together. So think about, I just, I just, it scares me to, to think about how much more damage they can do 
when they're with more preparation time melded exactly yeah Yeah. well i think a lot of credit has to go to byron leftwich um for basically altering his offensive uh game planning to brady because if you remember earlier on brady was struggling a little bit to adapt to the system and why isn't evans getting the ball more and what's going on and then they started playing a much more brady-esque offense Um, spread the ball (laughs) yeah but so one of my favorite things was um the wild amount of shit talking that brady was doing (laughs) oh it's because tyran matthew is a douchebag I mean, you know, like he's a, he's a, he's a competitive defensive player. I don't, I don't know. Um, it definitely was not the same Brady I'm used to, but also somebody posted, uh, I don't know, I botched the side of this, but the sort of saying that like Tom Brady takes the fun out of winning um, <laughs> by being so overly competitive and like just wanting to go for the kill every single time. And I think that's part of it, but just in general, I mean, definitely not his, his finest moments. And, and for Matthew to come out and say that, He's not going to repeat what Brady said because it was that bad. Is it was a little shocking. Oh, I didn't even hear that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So there is, um, there is a quote from Robert Kraft, and I'm going to um, butcher it, but it was basically like, um, when Tommy gets his Irish up, you better watch out. <laughs> And that, oh God. that that that, that kind of looked like it. It looks like his his Irish came out a little bit there. Um, do you think? And this was something that I had just kind of thought of. And Here's Matthew's, Matthew's deleted tweet. If you want to go to that first, from oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. what was it from, from last night? He said he called me something I won't repeat, but yeah, I'll let the media know. Uh, throw me on the bus as if I did something or said something. Going back to my previous games against TB12, I showed him nothing but respect. Look at my interviews about him; it's all grace. So that's his deleted tweet. I just, I just think that he was all game. Just he, yeah, he's a competitive defensive player, but I think he was also being a sore loser the entire time and did not take that loss very gracefully. So no, the the tantrums before halftime, it just showed that the KZ was, they were in a, they were in a tailspin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 100%. I'm glad he fucking lost. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so what I was, what I was going to mention, I almost felt like there was a parallel. I don't know how much this connects, but, um, in 2007, the Patriots, I believe it was their very last regular season game was against the giants and they ended up meeting them again in the Super Bowl, obviously, and much to my chagrin, there was a helmet catch and a bunch of fucking bullshit um, that happened. <laughs> and like uh, man. come on, yeah. Um, so, do you think there's any parallel between that? Because you know the the Tampa Bay team obviously got shredded by Kansas City uh, Week Twelve. Do you think they just that it was? How much do you think it affected the coaching that the game planning basically that they had played them earlier in the season? Did you see anything that made you kind of like, oh, well, they did this to them last time. They're not allowing it this time kind of situation. Or am I just completely overthinking that? (laughs) I think, I think the biggest takeaway, and I think I mentioned it earlier was that one of the big 
key things about going against Kansas City is keep Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in front of you. Mm. Do not let them get behind you. And they pretty much double teamed them the entire game and said, all right, Mahomes has got to go through his progressions and number one and two are Kelsey and Hill. So mm. let's, let's make him, let's make him scramble. And obviously hats off to the defense, the Tampa Bay defensive line. And uh, you know, yeah, Kansas City O-line is hurt, but they still it's a Super Bowl. You gotta, you yeah. gotta elevate your game. And it just it can't be it can't be overstated. The Bucks did not allow Patrick Mahomes to throw a touchdown. Right. Or like that, that that's never that's never happened since he was in college. His entire time as a starting quarterback, he's always had a like a touchdown at least. He was under a hundred yards passing in the first half. Like that's Woo! Thank you, yeah. thank that you, is, The Shaq Barrett got robbed uh, contribution. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, Shaq totally did get robbed. I mean, you know, I, they're, they they always give that award to the to the quarterback. Nah, not always, but yeah, I mean, not always, but I mean, you know, you could have, you could have, uh, like with other Super Bowls that Tom Brady has won, like he won it when it probably should have been Malcolm Butler. He, uh, I think it was the Rams one where it totally should have been Hightower getting the MVP, but they gave it mm-hmm. to Julian because he had over 100 yards receiving. Um, I don't know. Um, so then there was a halftime show, which I heard a lot of people praising it and saying it was great. I thought it sucked. <laughs> Anybody else? Halftime show? I think it's, yes, I think no? it's, it definitely sucked, but it, for what it was, um, I think you have to focus on number one. He didn't have any other star-studded celebrity guests. He didn't do anything else. Number two, he put seven million dollars of his own money into that happening. I mean, that's, that's just pretty... that's just mind blowing. I, I mean, but okay, doing but sweet. details that come out of that, like for sure. But and then third, like, I mean, that's just that's an artist coming up and making his own and making the most of the moment, and you know, those who don't know him are definitely, he's not mainstream enough to kind of get the accolades, but you know, for, for, for a quarantine, um, self-produced show, kudos to him, man. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was definitely some attempts at creative staging and stuff like that, but I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. So I don't it, really think he has the same type of like front man charisma that he thinks he does. That's kind of that's kind of the takeaway that I had. So okay, so my thing is, um, there are some people calling it the worst Super Bowl halftime show of all time, and I'm like, you clearly have not seen Maroon Five, Maroon Five, A, uh, B, In Sync, Aerosmith, Britney Spears, uh, Mary J. Blige, and Nelly all doing the halftime show that was awful yeah that was bad i Um, remember that one the second point of that is i i don't know if it was just me or did his microphone sound like faded like it wasn't it sounded i mean like the audio yeah most of the time most of the time those are pre-recorded um so that could have had something to do with it um but they're he, usually he did, they usually he don't most of it himself i mean that's that's also another thing i mean he did most of that himself mm. and that's i mean that gives to part of the problems of of it sounding not great but 
um, you know, that's, you know, everyone else is now admitting they lip synced. So, I mean, You're right. going back, I mean, Super Bowl one had a college band perform, right? And then they had like a myriad of things until the modern Super Bowl era started in the nineties. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'd rather have uh, weekend do what he did last night than, than the USC marching band and, and Carol Channing. So I'm good, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with this upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so, I mean, really, like, this game was pretty much over at halftime. Yeah, I sure. I kind of stopped taking notes in the third quarter. Um, basically, when when Fournette had that rushing touchdown, I was like, man, this game is this game is done. Uh, one of, one of my notes that I did take was, uh, the Wayne's world commercial made me feel real fucking old. (laughs) (laughs) That was, that was alarming seeing how old Mike Myers and Dana Carvey looked like, holy shit. Yeah. And then we had a streaker. That was fun. (laughs) Yeah. But he wasn't, he wasn't actually streaking. You, no, he, it looked like there was to. some, there was some sort of outfit. Yeah, yeah, he had something the, on the bo- the Borat sling, from what I can gather from my bad eyesight and the small television. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I agree. I think I think we all going into halftime. I think I think everyone pretty much understood that uh, this game was not gonna get out of hand like even if kansas city had started to create some offensive momentum tampa bay's offense was just gonna keep going as well so yeah yep i mean i again i thought i thought tampa was going to win the the whole time but i i just wasn't expecting it to be like that now so mahomes three years as a starter three consecutive AFC championship games, two consecutive Super Bowls. He's one and one in the Super Bowls. Do you think that he will even come close to what Brady has accomplished? I love saying never say never, but I will say no one will ever reach Brady level. No one. It's just it's, it, with a salary cap and, and just this total freak of nature for the past 20 years. Um, no. No one, no one will come close. And I, I, I hope I eat my words because it's been fun to watch, but I will say never. Yeah. I will say uh, again, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I will never say never. Anything's possible, especially with Patrick Mahomes and the freak of nature that he is. But mm-hmm. it's not – he alone cannot win the Super Bowl, and that was made very apparent last night. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it, it, takes, it takes at least a – middle of the road defense in my opinion and well unless you're the fucking patriots um and i don't know it's just something something tells me he'll he'll definitely be there he'll be in the conversation for for a while but yeah he's gonna be he's gonna be one of the greats um and i think that's apparent to anybody who who watches him because he's just so exceptionally talented and that arm is just insane but really i like he's going to have to settle for chasing Montana um, because it's really Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw with four rings each. 
that that keeps yeah. him endorsed by State Farm. That gets him in the Hall of Fame conversation and a few more rings in his hands. I think he's he should be happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. I, I I really do think that he'll he'll get back there. I don't think he's going to end up in a you know Dan Marino esque situation where he's this incredible talent who gets there but never really has it work out. Or Jim Kelly. Know. Yeah. Oh, well, Jesus, that poor bastard. <laughs> um, well, here, here I, I do have the odds for next year's Super Bowl up if we want to go back to that real quick. Yeah, totally. Um, at, in, in the lead at plus 600 or six to one is the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Number two at nine to one are the Packers. And third are the Bucks, 10 to one. Um, there are three teams at 12 to one. Do you want to guess who they are? Three teams at 12 to one. I'm going to say three teams. Uh, so 12 Rams. to 1. Rams, be Rams are 1. Yeah. 49ers. 49ers are 16 to 1. So they're just outside that. The next uh, one down. I'm going to say Baltimore? Seahawks. Baltimore? Nope. Seahawks are 22 to 1. Oh, okay. um, this is the Steelers. Steelers are way down. Yeah. Steelers are 30 to 1 now. Um, I'm going to give it to you in the interest of time. It's Buffalo. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then the the Saints went from twelve to one to eighteen to one after the retirement. Mm. Right. So we've we've named everyone that's a reasonable shot. Huh. Bills yeah. could do it, man. Bills I, could yeah. do it. They're talented. They're, They're really talented. talented. They got they got a rookie QB contract um, who's shown incredible improvement. Their defense is solid. Diggs was the best receiver in football this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> as, a, as a Patriots fan, thinking of the Bills being good is just like, God damn it. I don't know. They keep breaking tables and, and, and mocking wrestlers. I'm good with it. I love watching They are that. just a real quick thing. What the fuck is with these Bills Mafia guys? Like, have they just become brain damaged from years of losing? and shitty weather like yeah. jumping yeah. through tables there's it is, some it is a train wreck i don't want to stop watching yeah I, like <laughs> have you seen i think that there's this dude who's he's one of the bills mafias guys but he's like my father's age and his his nickname is like pinto or something like that and they do this bizarre tradition where it it's like this weird ritualistic thing where he like holds up like a like a hot dog and a cheeseburger or something and people just shower him with mustard and ketchup in a parking lot like, have you seen that no. <laughs> yeah it's I, I, it I, is but that, it's the like- weirdest fucking thing i've ever seen and this is someone who's like a grandfather behaving in this way and, that, and what I'm, is happening in buffalo and i'm sure there's a half dozen nicely uh you know uh you know normal people women that are willing to kiss him after that too so like I, <laughs> trying trying to think of the best way and safest way to say that but i mean they are <laughs> they are willing and able to do anything and it's it's fun to watch i mean they just love anything that makes them out of the house drinking beer and whatever the weather and whatever's around them and hey if i if i wanted an extra career i'd go sell tables in in uh in buffalo if you if you lived in Buffalo, you would do weird shit too. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's a great T-shirt. You should start selling that. <laughs> Hashtag online. Bills Mafia. Bills, Bills Mafia. You do weird <laughs> shit here too. Frozen hellscape we live in. Um, do we have any any uh, bold predictions for next season or? Hmm. I know I just kind of like dropped that in your lap last second, but we're going to be wrapping this up soon. I didn't know if we had any like last little remarks right, or well, anything. I'll, I'll make one just knowing that it's how hard it is to get back to the big show and looking, wanting to look like Nostradamus. And if it comes true, I'll be very happy for both these teams, but I'll call it Packers bill Super Bowl next year. Oh, so my, I was getting, I'm, I'm that, that almost, would be almost, fun. That would be fun. Almost right there with you. I was going to say my bold prediction is that Kansas city will not be in the Super Bowl next year. Mm. Al, you want to, you want to throw something out there? Yeah. Um, God, now I'm thinking about a bills Packers Super Bowl, And that's like very <laughs> exciting to me. I feel like that would be a fucking amazing game. And everyone Aaron Rodgers after, versus uh, that defense. Yeah. Or Jordan Love versus that defense. We don't know what's going to be happening. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, uh, um, after that game, I said we need to fire the defensive coordinator because he needed to be rolled out and and just strung up to pieces after that performance, especially the end of the first half. Yeah, um, that was bad. That was such also, bad I mean, coverage. It was a beautiful throw by Tom, but that was just bad coverage. I mean, there's got to be a, a hefty price given the the quarterback trades if they wanted to get rid of Love. So. Number one, I trust, you know, in Belichick, we trust here. I trust them to make the right decision as far as uh, doing the right thing with love. Cause if they can get better than fair market value for him, they should. So they must like him a lot. Yep. Cool. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't really have any bold predictions off the top of my head. Um, so I guess we'll just be ending this episode with a bit of a, huh. <laughs> <laughs> But um, that was the not that great Super Bowl recap. Ben, Logan, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, please. Anytime. Pleasure's all here. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Make sure all of you people listening, rate, review, follow, all that good stuff. I'm Al Brown. I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace out. See you guys.